In his professional playoff debut at 19 years old in double-A, Jet Williams led his team to victory with a massive home run. We're going to talk about that game and so much more on today's edition. Locked on Mets. You are locked on Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we have a playoff game to discuss, one that took place in Binghamton with the double and Rumble Ponies. I'll get to that in the first segment. Then in the second segment, I want to discuss Starling Marte potentially returning this season and also what his role could look like in 2024 and why DJ Stewart's emergence helps the Mets with the uncertainty of Marte. Then in the final segment, I will recap Mets versus Marlins as they let an opportunity slip by where they could have played a little more spoiler against those fish. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by Jay's Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jay's case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. If you're watching on YouTube, I just want to acknowledge that if you think I look horrible today, this is my flu game. Uh, I went on my trip, came back with COVID. So I'm quarantining, but still doing shows. And uh, we'll see um, how this goes because I'm sure uh, the recorded version is going to be much longer and heavily edited compared to what you'll eventually (coughs) see uh, on the show. Regardless, I had a blast tonight. The highlight of my day was watching the Binghamton Rumble Ponies in a playoff game. And if you didn't watch, you should because if you have the MLB.TV subscription, you can watch right there and and see – all of these top prospects on display on a relatively big stage. And Christian Scott took the ball for the Rumble Ponies, and he looked great. Okay, he was on a pitch limit of 40 to 50 pitches, according to Mike Mayer. Uh, great follow on Twitter. He runs Mesmerized now. Uh, so follow him on Twitter at Mike Mayer 22 He said the pitch limit was 40 to 50. Scott got injured uh, you know, about a month ago, I think, around that range. He came back. He's made a couple of starts since coming back, but he's also on an innings limit because he's thrown more innings this year than he ever has in his professional career. So you're only going to get him for a couple of innings, and he had to work under that limit, and he still got the Rumble Ponies through three innings, 47 pitches, uh, 29 of which were strikes. He allowed two hits, one being a solo homer, but did not walk a batter and struck out five. And man, this stuff is going to play, I'll tell you. And he really attacks. Uh, you love to see it. You know, we saw some strikeouts on elevated fastballs, you know, him dropping backdoor breaking balls. I mean, just a, a complete arsenal. And in a game that, again, felt pretty big, he certainly delivered up to the moment. After him, Luis Moreno gave their own ponies five scoreless, actually, excuse me, five innings of relief. He did give up a solo homer, but five quality innings. He's not necessarily what you would consider a top pitching prospect by any stretch. 
but he has spent you know the entire year pretty much in double a pitching well over 100 innings he has a four night eight era in double a this year but in this outing out of the pen he came up big and jet williams came up the biggest the rumble ponies had a massive fourth inning first it was jeremiah jackson he hits a solo home run to tie the game just kind of a screamer down the left field line uh, that kind of barely got out. Then the bottom four hitters in the lineup all got singles. Hayden Sanger and Ryland Thomas each drove in runs with their singles as out of the eight in the nine hole in the lineup. It was interesting that Sanger got the start over Kevin Parada in this game. Just something that kind of jumped out to me is that because Sanger is a better defensive catcher in this playoff situation where down the stretch, you're playing the top prospects most days behind the dish and Parada. Um, now in a playoff game, it's Sanger. I kind of jumped out, and I'll be interested to see if that continues to be the case throughout the rest of the playoffs. They also could have DH Parada, and they chose not to do that as well. So um, just something to monitor as these playoffs continue. But Jet Williams was the story because he had the biggest hit. A three-run home with an exit velocity of 105 miles per hour. That was an absolute bomb of a shot. and. He just looked really comfortable at the dish. Now, he struck out three times, uh, but one of those was a full count where I felt like he you know, fell behind, did a good job to, to get back to even before he ultimately just was behind on a fastball. Was probably maybe sitting breaking ball in that situation. I don't know. Uh, he did draw a walk, too, so that showing you that plate discipline. But to see him in a big moment deliver his first home run since coming up to double-A, it just shows you the moxie of this kid. He's 19 years old in the double-A playoffs, and he looks as comfortable in the dish as any hitter in this lineup. So you know, the future is very, very bright for Jet Williams. Meanwhile, Luis and Helicuna and Drew Gilbert were a little bit disappointed. They each went hitless in this game. They each struck out twice. A scary situation with Acuna as he had to leave the game after getting hit in the head. It might have been even hit in the face. A little hard to tell in those camera angles for the minor league game, but uh, he looked shaken up and he he left early. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So they have a day off. I'm sure there's some form of concussion protocol. I don't know exactly. I haven't seen any reports about if he did sustain any injury. Uh, if he's out, I mean, Jet Williams already started at shortstop, but he'll probably continue to start a shortstop through the rest of the playoffs. They'd have to find someone else to play second base. Uh, hopefully he's all right to get back out there on Thursday. Uh, Drew Gilbert did have a, a good moment where he generated a run. He drew a walk in the seventh, stole second base, came around on a hit by JT Schwartz. Jeremiah Jackson had a big game. He had that home run early, then got a base hit. Uh, Rowdy Jordan doubled in Schwartz, and then Schwartz had an RBI triple in the eighth inning. So altogether, the Roman Ponies scored nine runs. They win 9-2. to two, And now, facing the Somerset Patriots in this three-game series, they head to Somerset for the final two games. They just have to win one, and they're going to be in that championship round. Uh, Dominic Hamill will take the ball in game two. He has been the starter that has been in Binghamton all year. He has thrown the ball well lately, so we'll see what he looks like. And then if it does necessitate a game three because the Rumble Ponies lose that one, you'll see Blade Tidwell in an elimination game, uh, do or die game three. So this is a lot of fun. I mean, I'll be honest. I had both games on tonight. Uh, but I was focusing a lot more on the Rumble Ponies and the New York Mets because it's games with stakes and players you care about at this stage. 
Um, so I, I do encourage you guys again, they have an off day because they're traveling on Wednesday. Then it's Thursday, Friday. Again, if the series goes to three Friday, um, and then I think they kick it off. I'll, I'll give you an update later in the week. If they do advance, I believe it's like the same type of schedule next week, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I have to check. Uh, but regardless, a lot of fun to watch those rumble ponies in action. Now moving to the big league club in the next segment, are we going to see Starling Marte back in action this season? I'm going to discuss that and his future ultimates looking forward to next season. Before we do get into that though, today's episode is brought to you by sleeper. The only playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to receive a hundred times payout on your cash with daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting. You see Ronald Acuna jr. The Mets fans don't like it, but man, the stats he's putting up, he might have a 40-70 season. He's like three stolen bases away, a home run away. He might have a 45-75 Like Who knows what he's going to do? You can take Acuna to be over on stolen bases or home runs. You know, you basically pick more or less on the stars of the game or whoever you really want, and you can combine them together for up to a 100-time payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you can win big. Plus, the NFL season just started. So, yes, you could download Sleeper for the rest of the baseball season, but then you you queue yourself right up for the NFL season. It's daily fantasy uh, sports. So, entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They're safe and fast, with, safe and fast withdrawals. And if you use promo code Locked On, you're going to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. The New York Mets put the Miami Marlins at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night. Catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, Starling Marte is traveling with the team now. He was in Port St. Lucie uh, and will now join the Mets in Miami and probably finish the season traveling with them and might rejoin the team at some point, which will be good to see him. I mean, you see Luke Yorme's back. Jonathan Arauz ended up getting sent down. Uh, it would be good to replace Ortega with Marte down the stretch. Not that these games matter too much, but it would just be good to see Marte healthy and back on the field so he can have maybe a regular offseason. The Mets have a massive question mark now with Starling Marte based on the season he just had. He hit 248, 301 on base, 324 slug, just five home runs in 86 games. His winner runs created plus was 76. Now, again, WRC plus measure centers based on a league average of 100. So he was 24% worse than your league average hitter. Now, he did add some value on the base pass. He swiped 24 bags in 86 games. He played the whole year and was healthy. It certainly could have swiped 40 even. Uh, but that's just the new rules, and that's one part of the game that he added value. But the defensive metrics were bad on him. He didn't slug at all. He hit for a low average. That's not the guy that the Mets paid all of that money to you know, just a couple winners ago now. I, when you gave him that initial contract, the thought was in the first two years of the deal, he was going to be a huge contributor. And then you sort of hope that you get something in those final two years. And the first year of the deal was great. He hit 292, 347 on base, 468 slug, had 16 home runs, a winner runs created plus of 134. So he was 34% better than your league average hitter. 
You compare that though to what he did this year, and that's you know a sixty point drop off in WRC plus. Now, granted, you know that's a league adjusted stat for the given season, so it's not comparing direct apples to apples. If offense was more up last year compared to this year, it's not an exact science. But you look at the batting average and the on base. I mean, dropping forty points in, in both of those departments, the slug dropping one hundred and you know, thirty four points. It's just been a horrible year. Now, the groin obviously has been an issue. He got that double groin surgery in between seasons. Remember, he made a remarkable return to play in the playoffs last year. I can't remember if that was on the groin or if it was a hand injury, but regardless, he did make a really great return and played well in that series, but has not been that guy at all this year. There's been little pockets where he would get hot, but just was not the same player. and. Over the next two years, he's making $19.5 million per season. He turns 35 years old in October, so you're paying for his age 35 and age 36 seasons uh, based on a guy whose game has been predicated on speed and a guy that hits the ball on the ground a lot. So it's one thing where you're still stealing bases because you get great jumps. We have to get to first base. And you know, there's a lot of times this year where it felt like you know, Starlin Marte was just slower getting down to first base and the, the metrics will back that up. So that leads me to wonder going to next year, well, what do the Mets have in Marte and how long of a leash does he have? And I see a guy that's just going to be hurt for the next two years or is he going to get on the field and be the same guy he was? Or is he going to get on the field and be the same guy he was this year? You know, are you going to see the 2022 Marte or the 2023 Marte? And that's where I think the emergence of DJ Stewart is so vital to the New York Mets because he gives you another option. Okay. He's played 50 games now at the Mets. He's hitting 264, 342 on base, 557 slug, has 11 home runs, 26 RBIs, a 144 WRC plus. So 44% better than your league average hitter. His OPS on base plus slugging is 899. Both of those marks among hitters in the Mets lineup this year who've had a minimum of 150 plate appearances, those are the top marks for anyone. That's how good DJ Stewart has been. Now, you look at what those numbers would mean over a full season, you're looking at 30 home runs and 80 runs driven in. So DJ Stewart is proving to be a legitimate power threat. Now, even though the defensive metrics hated Marte this year, I still believe that he's a significantly better right fielder than DJ Stewart, but DJ Stewart has held his own and might just be league average out there. And you could always shift him to left and put Jeff McNeil in right next year. So the Mets have options, okay? In 51 games in AAA, DJ Stewart had 16 home runs. So he's got 27 home runs this year and 101 games played. He's arbitration eligible. So as far as I understand it, the Mets could tender him a contract and keep around for three arbitration seasons. So they would have control on him. And I think if nothing else, what DJ Stewart has done is he's made Daniel Vogelback extremely expendable, right? I mean, there's no reason to tender Vogelback a contract at all. And he provides insurance for Starling Marte. So if you go into next year, and look, Jeff McNeil played a game in center field the other day, and your primary outfielders are Marte, Stewart, Nimmo, and McNeil, I think you're okay. You probably still have to add a Tim LaCastro type, you know, a, a guy that brings speed and defense to your bench. But even with that, okay, that's five players 
on a roster that's going to have 13 position players. Throw in Alonzo, Lindor, Mauricio, Beatty, Alvarez, Nervaez, if he picks up his player option. If he had Tosin Yorman, that gets you to 13. And you would have you know, a glove guy for the outfield and the little Castro type, a glove guy in the infield with Guillorme. You know, Mauricio potentially is your starting second baseman, Beatty at third, if that's still your plan as a franchise. I think there's every possibility the Mets could just retain DJ Stewart and do nothing this offseason. Because coming up the pipeline, you have Luis and Helicuna, Drew Gilbert, Jeremiah Jackson, who homered today, who's been great since coming over, who can play pretty much any position on the field, and Jet Williams, who I would say it's unlikely we see him next year still, but at 19 years old in double-A, you really don't know at this point, particularly with the way teams are calling on kids younger and younger these days. That's why I really believe with all the talent in the organization, what's at the big league level with this wave of top prospects who've debuted this year and the veterans that are still under contract with the emergence of a guy like Stewart, who I just think if you look at the free agent class, and if you're trying to sign someone to a, a, a you know, reasonable salary on a one-year deal of veteran. I don't know how much better that player is than Stewart. So if you're leaning into youth, I feel like Stewart has afforded you an ability to really just focus all of your assets when it comes to money spent in free agency on beefing up your pitching staff to be able to have a, a competent team that could potentially surprise some people next season. Uh, they're not surprising anyone this season and they lost the game to the Marlins. I'll discuss that next before we do. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like natural disasters, pandemics, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and one of their board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then, they send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. Not only this... You can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, and that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. The New York Mets by the Miami Marlins at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night. Get your pitch to the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, the New York Mets had a real opportunity to win a series against the Marlins on Wednesday. They started the game with runners at second and third, nobody out, and they didn't score. Brandon Nemo got a hit. Ronnie Mauricio doubled. They're sitting there with speed on the bases as well, and they came up empty. Now, they did score a run in the third. Francisco Lindor drove in Pete Alonso. Uh, then Lindor, later in the inning, stole his 28th bag of the year. So he's two away from 30 bags stolen. Still needs the four home runs, though. Uh, the Marlins, they tied it up in the bottom half of the third with a pair of doubles. Then in the fifth inning, they took a lead on an absolute bonehead play by Joey Lucchese. 
He gave up a leadoff double that inning, then he hit a batter. And so the Marlins elected to bunt, and he stupidly throws it to third base. The throw, I think, would have beaten the runner anyway, but there was no one there to field the throw at third base. No one was home. So runner comes around to score. The Mets were lucky that the Marlins were foolish themselves, and they're able to get the trailer at third base, get an out out of it. But still, uh, that was a ridiculous play. And the thing that frustrates me about it is it counts as an unearned run. It's the stupidest thing ever that a pitcher error counts as an unearned run. That that drives me nuts. If a pitcher can't fill his position, it's an earned run, in my opinion. But for Joe Lucchese, his start looks a lot better because it's two earned over five and two-thirds instead of three earned. On six hits, two walks, five strikeouts. I'm not knocking how he pitched. I mean, overall, he still pitched well. He's got a 2.88 ERA on the season through eight starts. Looking like a really good option. It's crazy the way the Mets have been able to suddenly get quality starting pitching in these games that don't matter for them. Uh, but they have from, from all these guys. So that was still good to see. Reed Garrett was even better coming out of the bullpen. He bailed Lucchese out of a jam. Uh, in that sixth inning game, the final out. Then he got two more scoreless frames after it. Uh, but the Mets came up a little bit short. They tied the game in the ninth. Uh, Jeff McNeil lead off double. Mark Vientos got another hit. And then DJ Stewart and Tim LeCastro both failed to get the runner in from third with ground outs. But Brandon Nimmo delivered an RBI double that scored both to tie the game. Now that was his 27th double of the year, 23rd home run. Oh, no, it wasn't his 23rd home run. It was his 27th double. He has 23 home runs and five triples. That is a career high down extra base hits, 55 extra base hits from Brandon Nemo. Just a really solid season from him. And that was a moment where you thought, hey, the Mets tied it up. Can they pull off a win in extras? Unfortunately, they couldn't because Trevor got, once again, uh, struggled. I don't believe the Mets will tender this guy a contract after the season. Really rough to see him just continue to uh, come up short for them. Ends up hitting the leadoff batter who comes around to score on a walk-off single by Jake Berger later in the inning. Uh, the Mets end up dropping one that they definitely could have had. The Marlins needed it more, of course, and good for them. Uh, but it sets up an awesome game on Wednesday. Uh, of course, you would like to see the Mets win that series outright and just really lean into this spoiler role. But I love the idea of a rubber match between Kodai Sega and Yuri Perez, and that's what we're going to get. So an absolutely outstanding pitching matchup. I probably would have been there if not for the COVID. Um, me and my dad would have absolutely gone to see Sanga pitch, but we'll still get to watch it uh, just from our respective living rooms. Um, and it'll be fun to see those guys square off. Not as fun to listen to the Marlins broadcast, but I digress on that one. If you want to listen to the Mets hometown broadcast, you can do so with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Uh, for all you everydayers, tomorrow's show, we'll be recapping that and hopefully recapping Binghamton Rumble Ponies moving on. Actually, excuse me, it's an off day. That'll be Friday's show for you everydayers. Regardless, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked On Mets. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets.